0: Hello everybody, this is Nkozy with the Two Sides of a Coin podcast. Thankfully, I'm in a much quieter location this week, so we'll see how that goes. On this week's podcast, we're going to change things up a little bit. First thing I'm going to talk about is I'm going to change up the format slightly in terms of my rating system. And I'm going to explain and walk you guys through what each level of that rating system is. Then we're going to go over two movies that I really wasn't looking forward to, to be honest. The first one is the Nicholas duo, Nicholas Holt and Cage, of course, in the action comedy Renfield. And the second one is the slight proto-reboot to the Evil Dead franchise in Evil Dead Rise. So let's get into it. When this channel first started, it had, well, it was more intended to have a food element to it. Originally, that element was added by my co-host, John. Sadly, he couldn't continue doing the podcast. So now we've kind of lost that part. However, when I look at shifting the podcast now to doing more movies, more reviews, and stuff like that, I realized that I really hated the current rating system that I was using. It probably had more to do with just I hate the 1 to 10 system, mainly because it just doesn't convey the kind of shorthand that I'm used to. It really is just not very intuitive in a way. Whereas you could have one thing that's a seven and a half and another thing that's seven and a half, but then you don't agree with them being seven and a half and all of that stuff. So I decided to simplify it. And I'm going to walk you through what that process is before I get into My review, so this won't take very long. The system will now have five levels, very easy to understand, and I think they'll be, you know, self exclamatory, but I'm going to walk you through them from lowest to highest. So, the lowest is going to be starving. That is when I view a movie, and when, in my personal opinion, it is hot garbage it has no redeeming quality you would have been better not watching that movie you would have been better reading a book you would have been better playing a game you would have been better doing absolutely anything except looking at this movie i think very few movies are going to be in this range so that's why i would say i am starving that is how bad this movie is i need some other form of entertainment to get me by The second one is going to be fast food. Now with fast food, the way I consider fast food is that it's usually not the best option. However, it does tide you over. It's something that can keep you engaged or keep you in some way, shape or form happy until you can do something that's better. So if a movie is fast food, it has some redeeming qualities. Are there better movies out there? Absolutely. However, there's nothing wrong with getting fast food. Sometimes fast food is exactly what you want. You're not going to be starving. It just may not be as filling. Third one is going to be home-cooked meal. Now, a home-cooked meal, it is something where this took time. This took effort. So usually with a home-cooked meal, the work has been put in. So the quality is there. Rarely have I been to somebody's place, except if they can't cook, but you need to know that before you go to other people's places, is that a home-cooked meal is generally going to be better overall than fast food because you're going to get better stuff of a lot cheaper. So if you're in that home-cooked meal territory, this is a good movie. may not be a great or an excellent movie, but it's a good movie. Then we get to the next level, and that's fine dining. That's when you go to an amazing restaurant and you're having some really, really good food. Now, fine dining for me, that's something where you are really, really engaged with this movie. This movie is doing everything you want for it to be successful. Is it perfect? no however it is you are happy that you came out and saw this rather than you're saying man I would have wished I would have stayed home and made a meal so when you get to fine dining those are really really good movies and the height the height in terms of my scale is going to be Michelin star now for those who know Michelin star it's more about you know, quality, how this movie checks every single box in regards to what it can do. It is excellent. It's one of those movies where the second you turn it on, you have to finish it because it's so good that you're not just going to piecemeal or look at certain parts. It's one of those movies where you turn that movie on You have to watch it from when that movie is going all the way to the end. That's how I felt about The Dark Knight. Whenever I see that movie on, just in general, I'm glued to my couch and I have to watch it. Just because it's that good. That is what I mean by Michelin star. So to go over my ratings again and to give you the number value so you can see it's a range. uh, Starving that's going to be zero fast food. That's going to be anywhere from a 0.1 all the way to a four. You get home cooked meal. That's going to be anywhere from a 4.1 to a 7.5. Fine dining is going to be that 7.6 to a nine. And then Michelin star is going to be that 9.1 all the way up to a 10 and I think Michelin star has the most has the least amount of variance and that's because Michelin star I am really really up on it doesn't need to be absolutely perfect like the dark knight isn't absolutely perfect however the way it is constructed it is better than the sum of its parts so from now on I'm going to be using this uh rating system to portray how I feel about movies and TV shows and all entertainment just because I think it's going to be less time and less effort and more informative to everybody in regards to how I view these movies. So, if you're still on board with that thought process, I... I'm very happy and I want you guys to come along and follow me throughout doing this alright so now that I've told you guys what the rating system is gonna be let's get on to our first movie for today so most people aren't gonna realize this but while we know Dracula the famous vampire especially from the 1897 story written by Bram Stoker, the figure of Renfield is actually just as old as him because he appears in the books. Now, Renfield in the books is more just the long-suffering servant of Dracula, a human that has been turned to Dracula's will in order to help him achieve whatever goals that he sets out to achieve. In fact, Renfield is just as tied to Dracula as the famous vampire hunter Van Helsing. So it's interesting that this is the first time that we've gotten a movie where it's about Renfield and not about Dracula or about Van Helsing. Normally he's just a background figure. He's not the main figure in a movie. So going into Renfield's it really was interesting to see how they were going to pull this off for a character that is very much baked into the Dracula lore. However, is not necessarily so important to the Dracula lore that you can't do a movie without Renfield. Unlike Van Helsing, which it's very hard to do a Dracula movie without at least mentioning or including Van Helsing. So, The plot of this movie is very basic. You know, Nicholas Holt plays Renfield, who is, as we've talked about before, the servant of Dracula. He helps Dracula with his needs, especially things that need to be done during the day. And Dracula, in this case, is being played by Nicolas Cage. He is really just going out there doing exactly what Nicolas Cage you think would do which is be a crazy vampire and considering that Nicolas Cage had a movie where he played a pseudo vampire in terms of vampire's kiss this feels like he just transported back into that character and said no wait I'm actually am a vampire so this is what I'm going to do in this movie we start out with Nicholas Holt as Renfield he starts to explain hey, here's my relationship with Dracula. We see him do that from a support group, which you'll see in the trailers. And really the whole point of this movie more stems from Nicholas Holtz. He's a servant of Dracula. He's helping him get people that he can feed off of so that way he could really get his power back so that way he could do everything he does And it kind of gets thrown off a bit when Nicholas Holt meets Aquafina's character, who is a cop in this instance. He goes in, he helps the cop, as we've seen in the trailers, kill a bunch of people at a restaurant. And from there, Renfield feels really good because he's being recognized and he is being, you know, praised for being. A good guy and a hero and he truly starts to come out of his shell and become not just Renfield and Dracula he starts to become his own character so that's all good and well however there's one person in the movie who doesn't necessarily like that and that's Dracula him and Renfield have been together for a long time and of course Dracula isn't going to like that, so how does Dracula react? What about the rest of the world? How does that interact with these two supernatural characters and their abilities? And that's basically how the movie goes from then on. So let's get started on the good things. Number one, Nicolas Cage is going full Nick Cage. He is using every bit of energy that he has in order to play Dracula the way you would want Nicolas Cage to play Dracula. He is the stand out character in this movie. The funny thing about Nicolas Cage is that while he has done some very bad movies, Nicolas Cage also has done some very good movies and If you talk to anybody who knows or has really paid attention to Hollywood or cinema or just acting in general, they'll tell you that Nick Cage has within him the ability to be an Academy Award winning actor. When he is on his game, he can be up there with the best in the game. And in this movie, he's absolutely on his game. He can be charming, he can be menacing, he can be, you know, dark and creepy, or just really, really funny. He can do all of these things in this movie, and if he was not in this movie, this movie would be terrible. Terrible. In regards to what it could be. Also, Nicholas Holt, who plays Renfield, he's pretty good in the movie as well he definitely comes across as being when he is playing Renfield that is long-suffering that is you know meek not necessarily in a good place also in an abusive relationship as they talk about in the trailers you can see a little bit of that in his portrayal in this movie so Nicholas Holtz of course he's a pretty good actor so he's able to bring that across and I was actually pretty surprised how well the action in this movie worked the action was fast-paced it didn't take too long it really did move and you felt that kinetic energy whenever Renfield was out there using his powers you felt how Much he could really, really interact with this movie. So, I I really enjoyed that. Also, the comedy. The comedy was solid. Whenever it was coming up, it didn't feel particularly forced. The funniest movies, the funniest moments in this movie is really with the support group. Whenever he is with the support group, that is when in my opinion, the biggest laughs happened. It also had some pretty funny moments because you have some pretty good comedic actors. Ben Schwartz is in this movie. He plays a mob enforcer. He's actually pretty funny in some of the scenes that he's in. Some of them, not all of them. He doesn't hit the mark all the time. But in the scenes where he truly brings that energy he can really hit the nail on the head and really push through. So that's that's the good with this movie. Uh so let's let's talk about the bad. Um the CGI in this movie is terrible. It is it's really bad. I wish I could say more or say less about it. But this movie has so much Blood that it is, it's shocking how much blood it has. However, it's shocking how much blood they have that is CGI, and it's obvious CGI blood. It's not like it's well done. It looks like something that a college level visual arts student could do. Actually, that's probably giving it a little bit too much credit. It looks like something. That a junior level visual arts student in high school could do. Because it is that obvious. It is. It's bad. It really is. It reminds me of like Ghost of Mars. The Ice Cube movie. Where the blood was really, really obvious. And really, really bad. That's this movie. That is what comes across 100%. The fact that every so much CGI blood flies across, however, your main characters can essentially just walk away without any of that blood getting on them is really, really just unbelievable. Also, this movie really tries to have some emotional moments, and mainly it tries to have these emotional moments in this. Subtext plot with Aquafina's character. Every single time that those scenes came across, at least in the theater that I was in, you heard groans from the crowd. It did not land the way it was supposed to land. I don't know if that's the fault of the writing or if that's just the fault of the acting in that scene. I'm more prone to give that up to the writing. It just felt like whenever they tried to do these really good, you know, emotional moments, it felt like they were in a different movie than what Renfield was in even prior. When it was funny, this movie worked. When it was action-packed, this movie worked. Whenever Aquafina tried to have this emotional moment with almost anybody... The moments with Nicholas Hoult do work somewhat. I think that's just because the characters have, the actors have good chemistry. However, when she was trying to have that with, let's say, her sister, who's played by Camille Chen, it did not work. It fell absolutely flat. It, It basically hit the ground as hard as some of the bodies hit the ground in this movie. So I don't know what other way to say it except this movie felt like it had a little bit too much of that emotional connection and not enough of the action and the comedy at times to really balance it out. And here's the thing. Aquafina I thought was pretty good when they were doing the action scenes. So I was actually a little bit impressed by her. I just think the script in terms of trying to make us care about her character outside of just being one-dimensional it did not work this really felt like one of those movies where it was better the more superficial everyone was instead of trying to make them more two-dimensional in regards to what the characters could do And that's a shame because there were were some great gags in this movie. There's some great gags with blood in this movie that I really, really liked. It just felt like, it felt that everything was bogged down by these emotional scenes where they felt like they were a palate cleanser, but not in a good way. So, the best I could give this is a fast food. It's It's okay. It's, it's decent. It's a high fast food. It's still fast food. So I'm not going to say not to see it. I think you can have a good time. All I'm going to say is it's not a big shock to me that this movie did not do great in regards to the box office. I think in its first week it had less than 10 million at the box office, so this movie looks like it might bomb, and it might bomb hard. I I wish it the best. I think the acting in the movie was solid. I just, I wish the script was a little bit more cognizant of what kind of movie it wanted to be. A little bit more action, a little bit more comedy, less emotional center, and I think we would have gotten A really, really good action movie out of this. Without that, this just feels, like I said, it's fast food. It's lukewarm. So, I guess that's my opinion on it. If you guys have any thoughts or if you disagree with my rating, please let me know. So, let's move on to our next review which is on Evil Dead Rise. This is the fifth movie in the franchise, so let's see it rise from the ashes of previous Evil Dead installments. So the interesting thing about the Evil Dead series is it's been around at this point for over 20 years. It is an institution in and of itself. The first movie in this franchise started all the way back in 1981 with the first Evil Dead with uh, Sam Raimi. He directed the first three. That's Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, then we get Army of Darkness, and then it goes dark for about 20 years until we get to 2013 with the rebooted Evil Dead that was... Directed by Fide Alvarez. And instead of getting a lot of sequels from that. On the movie side it went dead for another 10 years after that. So we then get to now where we're having Evil Dead rise. And I'll say not to bias anything up front. I think... The best thing for this franchise on the movie side was to take that 10 year gap to get a new perspective, to get new director and writer in there, and to really do a soft-ish reset of the Evil Dead franchise as a whole. And what I think we get from it is much, much better. In terms of what we would have gotten if we would have had an Evil Dead movie five years earlier. So, let's get into it. Now, as I've said before, Evil Dead, it's a movie franchise that's all based around the same plot. People find in their possession a book. This book is The Book of the Dead. And if you read from the book, or if you use the book, then you're going to bring the dead back to life that are evil, evil, dead. It's not complicated. It's very simple, which is a real benefit to the movie as a whole, that it is so simple. So in this movie, we get to see... A little bit of these characters so we get to see the movie starts out with lily sullivan who plays beth you know she's got a job she's finding out some information that she may not necessarily want to find out so whenever we're in a bad situation we go to our family we go to people that we know and trust so she's going to go to her sister ellie who's played by Alyssa Sutherland. And her sister Ellie has three kids, you know, Danny, Bridget, and Cassie. And she's there. She's having, you know, some quality time with her family. And I actually really like the interactions with the family as a whole. I believed them in regards to This is a family that cares about each other. I also like that this is not the quote-unquote conventional family, that this is a family with a little bit more, what's the word? Ah, yes, a little bit more variety and diversity as a whole. Cared about the people here, so by caring about who these people are, you really, really cared when they got hurt because that's what an evil dead movie is going to do it's going to make people hurt so after it sets the table we get the real we get the real meat and potatoes of this movie the book of the dead is found somebody reads from the book of the dead Bad things happen to the mom, as we see from the trailers, Alyssa Sutherland. She ends up becoming one of the evil dead and starts terrorizing this family. Just before we get into the good and the bad about this, I really do have to give a shout out to Alyssa Sutherland. She was magnificent in this movie from beginning to end. Really, she brought energy and she made you afraid of who this demon was and she also when she was just a human she made you care about her as a person which can sometimes be the hardest thing in regards to if somebody gets turned into a demon or a vampire you can care about them in one way more than the other and really with Alyssa Sutherland I cared about her equally as both, so I thought that was an excellent job that she did in that regard. So let's let's go into the good about this movie. The good was, I mean, this this demon that they have, the Evil Dead demons in uh, Evil Dead Rise. I mean, they they sure love women, and what I mean by that is. They love the dramatic impact that possessing a female character has on the audience and on the movie as a whole. The best lines, the best moments you're going to see in this movie are all going to involve a demon that is possessing a woman. None of the male characters, if they get possessed, are anywhere near as good as when the demon is possessing a woman it is like hey the second it possesses somebody who is a woman it's just like we're going in we are going to dial this up to 11 we're gonna be super creepy and that creepiness is going to come across so well and so quickly that it's going to send a chill down anyone's spine so i thought that was a great thing about this movie also secondly i thought you know Alyssa sutherland and lily sullivan they both absolutely knocked this movie right out the park this movie relies so much on the sister and the mom whether they're human or Or whether they're demons or anything like that. This movie relies on them to work. And this movie works because they are so damn good in it. When Lily Sullivan, whose character's name is Beth. When she is being nice and kind, you feel that. When she's being strong and tough, you really feel that. When... Alyssa Sutherland is being the nice and kind mom. Oh, it it feels so real and honest, and when she is also the demon, as you see from the trailers, she is creepy, she is dangerous, you feel like oh she is this unstoppable force that nobody has the tools to really handle. So I really, really love those two in their roles i thought whenever they interacted that's when the movie was at its absolute best but that does not mean that the other characters in this movie don't pull their weight they all really do everybody even the kids work in this movie which i'll get into my next point but it's really those two are the anchors for this movie so whenever they are in this movie the movie is at its absolute best and running on all four cylinders. However, even if you take one out, that means the movie is just moving at like three and a half cylinders, which really helps in regards to this movie being so damn good. Also, my next point is the kids are likable and hateable in this movie. So, usually in movies, kids are either likable in regards to you like what their characters do, they're not annoying, they are not a hindrance, or you hate them. They are a hindrance. They are the worst. They do not act like real children. And what I think sets Evil Dead Rise apart from other movies is that this movie When the kids are being likable, they're being real likable. When they're being hateable, they're being hateable. However, they are not, they don't make moves or decisions that you don't understand, even if you don't agree with them. And with this one, I need to give a big shout out to uh, Morgan Davies, who plays Danny, the oldest son of Ellie. Ellie. He is the dumbest person, his character, I have ever seen. He is so dumb. You want to punch him in the face. You, you just, his character is the one where you are like, it's not that I don't understand why you're doing this. It is that you are incredibly dumb in doing this. You need to listen to people. Just don't do it. It's him that really made me buy into this movie, because his actions spearhead everything in regards to this movie, because he is the one that, spoiler alert, he finds the Book of the Dead. It really happens very early in the movie, so you're not going to be spoiled by that. His character, of course, very dumb. You don't feel bad If anything happens to him. So I got to give a big shout out to Morgan Davies for playing that. Because it is very hard for even for any actor to play a dumb, intentionally hateable character. And I thought he played that intentionally hateable character very, very well. So I'll give a big shout out to him. The shout outs, however, don't stop with him. Gabrielle Eklos and Nellie Fisher, who play Bridget and uh, Cassie. I thought they were really, really good in what they did in regards to the movies. They well and truly acted like children. The thing is, they didn't act like they were hateable children. They showed the other end of the spectrum where they acted like children that you would actually like and actually want to see saved in this movie so I really really like that also another thing I liked in this movie is how they kept this movie really really tight so this movie is only like an hour 30 minutes so there was very little wasted time in regards to this movie everything felt like it was moving and very few parts of this movie felt like they were just going forward and it was just like action 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 it felt like action reaction action reaction action reaction so this movie moved this movie did not stall or stop really at any moment which i think is a real real strength of this horror movie when you are doing a horror movie you have to move quickly unless you're doing one of those existential dread kind of horror movies where it's more psychological this one was way more visceral and that's what it needed so I like that they really pushed forward that visceral element also got to give a huge shout out to the props team to the practical effects that they did in a good amount of this movie the makeup Was excellent. It really came across. What they were doing. So I got to give a huge props. To them. Oh and let me not forget. The other thing which is. Going back. To the demons. I love that the demons. Were just as quickly to mess with people. As they were to kill them. They have a great scene in this movie. Where the demon very quickly kills a bunch of people however they have so many more scenes where the demon is just messing with people where the demon is just like hey you can't stop me so you know what i'm gonna put on a show for this you are gonna get your money's worth seeing me so yes you're gonna die however you're gonna die at like the homecoming level with like a beyonce show of me You're going to be entertained. It's not going to be short and sweet and to the point. It's going to take a while. And that's what I really liked about the demons in regards to this movie. Now, this movie isn't perfect. So let's go on to the bad, which is when this movie does use some CGI, it's not great. It's not as bad as when I talked about Renfield previously it's not great however and there's at least one scene where there was so much blood and even though the blood was practical effects so the effect worked there was so much blood that you really were just saying okay where where are we getting this much blood what, what are we doing here this is getting ridiculous When they had that much blood. So that was probably my biggest complaint in regards to the movie. However, if my biggest complaint is the amount of blood that you're going to have in certain scenes. I think that's a win. For in my book. That's a complete win. So in regards to this, I think this movie stands up to the previous movies in its franchise and I think it's better than the last Evil Dead movie that came out in 2013 so if this is the direction that the Evil Dead franchise is going to move forward in I really am happy and I can't wait to see what they do in regards to these movies and in regards to what direction this franchise is going to take so I think this is a fine dining occasion you should definitely go out and see this movie if you're a fan of horror movies if you're a fan of this kind of horror movie absolutely you should if you're not a fan of horror movies I still say go out and see it unless you're really really squeamish when it comes to blood if you are don't see this movie You're gonna have a bad time if you're not a big fan of blood and gore and, you know, a lot of deformations and you're gonna see bones snapped. You're gonna see, you know, wounds and gunshots and blood and everything else and more blood and you're gonna see stabbings and blood. Did I mention blood? Because you're gonna see a lot of blood in this movie, so... If that's not what you are into, do not see this movie. Please don't see this movie. Don't put yourself through that kind of torture. If you are a horror fan that does love those things, I really think you're going to like Evil Dead Rise. You're going to have a great time when the people I saw walking out of this movie were all really, really happy. So, I think you will also have that. Like I said, this is a fine dining occasion. So, put on your little horror poncho for the blood that's going to fly off the screen. And I think as long as you're prepared for that, you're going to have an amazing time with this movie. However, if you disagree, please let me know in the comments. And I'll be more than happy to hear you guys out so if you want to hear more about the podcast you want to contact us there are several ways you can do it you can hit us up on twitter that's at two sides coin that's t-w-o-s-i-d-e-z coin all one word if you want to get us on instagram that's two sides of a coin if you want to Email us with your opinions or any kind of comments that you might have. It's at two sides podcast at gmail.com. That's T W O S I D E Z podcast, all one word at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys in regards to your opinions and how you want to move forward or how you want the podcast to improve. We're always open to your guys' opinion. So, You can hear the podcast on Podbean and on Spotify, and we would love to hear from you. So, everybody, have a good rest of the week, and we'll talk to you guys next Wednesday.